Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. This is the second part of our two-part interview with dairy specialist Padre O'Connor, getting his top tips for a good milking routine. Firstly, Padre advises us on best practice in teeth preparation. I would always say to farmers, uh, Emma Louise, you know, closers have to go on to clean, dry teats. If the teats are, if it's wet dirt on the teats, they have to be washed and dried. That's really, really important. Okay, so closers have to go on to clean, dry teats. Now, best practice suggests that, you know, uh, um, if we draw each quarter, you know, to identify uh, if there's mastitis there, and I suppose the other thing that that does is, you know, it stimulates the cow as well. Now, in saying that, a lot of farmers aren't actually stripping cows. And I think, you know, the message coming through to me from the farmers is that it's down to a time issue. OK, but best practice does suggest that we strip cows. However, you know, just to recap, closers have to go on to clean, dry teats. I suppose the method, uh, uh, if we move on to, to, to putting on the cluster, then it's really important you know, that when you're putting on the cluster, that you minimise the amount of air that leaks into the teeth cups. That's really important. Otherwise, you could have air blasts going up through uh, uh, the teeth that's to be connected onto the onto the onto the last of the teeth. So, so it's really important that you minimise the amount of air that's 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 uh, um, that gets in when you're putting on the cluster. What is the negative effect of an an air blast, Podrick? Yeah, the negative effect. Emma Louise would be that you're going to have more mastitis. Uh, uh, it's going to damage over time. It's going to damage the bottom of the teeth. You know, so so when the damage when the bottoms of the teeth are damaged, you're certainly going to have more mastitis. And then in terms of you know looking at the operator, and I know that you've you've spoken previously about repetitive strain injury. Um, can you explain what exactly you you would mean by that, Podrick? Well, I suppose really that's where you're lifting uh, a cluster with the same hand all the time. You know, so what we refer to that as uh, repetitive strain injury. Uh, uh, you know, so I have come across, especially farmers that are milking cows for a number of years now, you know, that they have pains in their shoulders, they have pains in their wrists, maybe their hips are at them or whatever like that. And some of that is certainly down to to, to bad technique. Uh, so, so I suppose you know one of the one of the, the the ways to reduce that would be is if you can swap hands. So in other words, if you're putting clusters on to the right hand side of the parlour, you're holding the cluster with the left hand, and if you're putting clusters on on the left hand side of the parlour, you're holding the cluster with the right hand. And I suppose maybe just to refer to you know which is the right hand side of the parlour and which is the left hand side of the parlour, always look in the direction of the cows which you're back to the collecting yard. And and I suppose what you're typically seeing on farm then is where there is no rotation of hands. You're using, you're relying heavily on one hand more so than both. And there's just a, a strain happening there. Yes, absolutely. And I suppose an example that I gave is, for example, if you're making 100 cows and, you know, some of the closest out there currently that we have in Ireland are 3 kgs. So that's 300 kgs you're milking per milking. If you're milking twice a day, that's 600 kgs you're lifting with the one hand. Over a week, that's over three and a half ton. You know, so it's it's a it's as some farmer said to me recently, if it was a machine, it would be banjaxed. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose it's just 
and I know that farmers will tell me, look, it's difficult to try to change hands, particularly if you're making for, 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 for a number of years. And, and while I agree with that, I think there's still merit in trying to change. And, and I guess the, there is that saying that it takes 21 days to form a habit. So it, it's a matter of giving it a bit of time, Podrick. Absolutely, Emma Louise. You know, and I think that's what, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's where farmers fall down. You know, they expect, you know, that they'll be able to do it in two or three days. And that's not, that, you know, that won't happen. You know, so I, I would say to farmers, if you break it, if you break it down, on one side of the parlor, you're going to be fine because currently you're holding it close to with one, one of your hands anyway. So that half of, the, that half of the, the, the milking is going to be fine. You're going to find it strange with the other half, you know, trying to put on the cluster with the hand that you haven't been used to holding the cluster with. You know, so that is going to take a while, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's really perseverance. And yeah, you're 100% right in terms of it takes at least three to four weeks to change a habit. So it's just to persevere with it. In the final topic that I wanted to touch on with you, Podrick, was looking outside the the physical parlour and looking at the other facilities that can help and assist in creating a good milking environment. And if if we look at different things like, you know, you mentioned the collecting yard and cows are standing in the collecting yard for, you know, up to 50 minutes to an hour, um, you know, twice a day. You know, what sort of impact do the facilities outside the milking parlour have on um, a good routine? Absolutely massive, Louise, Emma Louise. It really has, um, you know, facilities. I suppose there's three key areas. One is the, 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 the facilities, the roadway, sorry, the roadway track. Two is facilities. And number three is the, the person that's actually managing the milking. But just going back to facilities, uh, you know, for example, the collecting yard is, is, is one very, very important part of that. And I think the, the important issue there is the key issue there is to make sure that the size of the collecting yard will hold all the cows without any cows actually going up into the into the milking parlour itself. And I suppose you're talking about you're talking about at least you know 1.5 square meters per cow in terms of the space that's needed uh, in the collecting yard. And then, you know, what sort of an in, in impact will that have on cow flow, Podrick? Like, if we think about it, you know, where, you know, the majority of, of collecting yards are adequate or else on the small side, what sort of impact do we see with those facilities on cow flow? You know, what happens in the collecting yard when the cows come into a collecting yard is that there's a, there's a little bit of reorganisation taking place there. So the cows need to move around a little bit within the collecting yard so as to find their spot, as to find their space. So, you know, if, if the cows that are, that are coming up along the roadway first out of the paddock may not necessarily be the first cows to be milked. So, so if you don't have a, a collecting yard that's sized properly, you will have a certain amount of stress. Uh, you'll have a certain amount, you'll have more lameness as a result as well. And if you have stress, you know, you'll have a higher cell count. So I suppose... Those two points, you know, you'll have it, it'll impact on their feet and it'll impact on milk quality as well. And speaking of the collecting yard, what sort of a function has a backing gate? And are you pro backing gates, Padre? Do you think they work effectively on farms? Yeah, backing gates are, are a very useful implement to have in, in the collecting yard if used if used properly. And I suppose that's the important point. You know, the backing gate really is used to decrease the size of the yard, not force the cows into the milking parlour. And I suppose that's a really, really important point. You know, 
I suppose just maybe just a couple of points in relation to the backing gate, uh, which I have seen around farms as well, is one, um, you know, when you turn on the backing gate, there should be a, a, a system in it whereby it only moves so many, a metre or two metres, and it cuts out automatically. Sometimes what can happen is that the milker is milking, turns on the backing gate, a cluster is kicked off maybe further up the parlour and forgets about the backing gate or, or forgets about the, that the backing gate is on. So, so in other words, you know, that can crush cows. I suppose the second point is in relation to, and I, I, the farmers find this very advantageous as well, is when the backing gate is moving, uh, there's some kind, of a, there's some kind of a sign on the gate to indicate that the, that the gate is moving. Cows will also associate the noise with the movement of the gate and automatically, you know, they will move up towards the, uh, t- towards the, 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 the entrance to the parlour itself. And finally, Podrick, um, I know that you, you have engaged in training and I suppose demonstration of best practice for farmers. You know, if we consider the dairy farming population um, across Ireland, you know, there's farmers of all ages, young and old, you know, regardless of age, um, is there merit in farmers engaging in a refresher course to, I suppose, re-educate themselves and and um, and update themselves on best practice? Yeah, certainly, um, Emma Louise. You know, I suppose we can all we can all get a little bit complacent and a little bit stale. And I suppose by doing, you know, some uh, uh, this refresher course or the milking course, you know, it it will help help us to up our game again. Um, I suppose. You know, um, the other thing is that, you know, uh, with new technologies coming on stream as well, um, you know, it's it's important to know about them. Do they fit into our system? You know, how can we improve? Um, I suppose from, from an employer's point of view, um, it's getting something back to staff as well in terms of, you know, um, um, I, I'd like to do, to do this refresher course and I'll pay for it. Uh, um, you know, and I think that the employer's, you know, will actually see better performance as a result of that, uh, and maybe you know more efficient ways for uh, more efficient ways for doing for doing particular tasks at the milking, and so on. I I think that's a great note to finish on, Podrig. Um, and I suppose you know food for thought for farmers across the country. Um, look, I think we've had a very broad discussion. Um, we've covered an awful lot of topics that. I suppose, have a huge impact on, you know, routine and milk quality and, you know, where we're getting these things right, it will have a really advantageous effect on the bottom line. Um, So thanks very much for all your tips, Podrick. Thanks, Emma-Louise. And that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Podrick O'Connor for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.